lot to talk about today. Got a lot to talk about today. Doing the wrong. Hope everybody's being safe and sound and doing all of that good stuff. Everyone's doing well. We're going to talk about something that I talked about yesterday. But you might have missed it. But I think it's important for everybody to know. I think it's very, very important for everybody to know. What's up, Black Pharaoh? How you doing? I think this is very important for everybody to know. Everybody have a good afternoon. Red Cup. Hope everybody's doing well. Everybody's doing well. I talked about this yesterday, and it seemed to shock some people. People were actually shocked by this. They thought that they're, they thought they were following breaking news and, and media insiders that had exclusive, exclusive information of which teams were going to draft what player before anybody else. And it's funny because this starts all the way back, all the way back. Do you remember when you were a youngster and you used to watch the NFL draft when you were a youngster? You remember Chris Berman used to do the NFL draft? Used to be Chris Berman and Mel Kuyper. They used to do the NFL draft. You remember that? You probably remember that. And Chris Berman, right? Right before, back when it was Pete Rozelle, was the commissioner. Right before Pete Rozelle would, would go up there and give the pick, Chris Berman would say, a little birdie don't told me that the Giants think this, the Cowboys think that, the Raiders may be picking this guy. And then Pete Rozelle would get up there and say the pick. And you would see it at home, and you'd be like, oh, man, the Swami. How did Chris Berman know that? How did he know that? I'm so shocked. This is amazing. Chris Berman must be like, he must he must be a psychic, right? And then, as you got a little older, and they had social media, right? And the NBA draft would happen back when Woj was at, at Yahoo. And Woj would say, hey, the Rockets are going to pick this guy. And then five minutes later, that's who the Rockets picked. You were like, your mind was blown, right? You said, man, not saying that Woj is not an insider, but I'm just saying Woj is definitely an insider. But you'd be like, wow, man, how does he know this? How does he get every single pick right? He must be a psychic. Who does he got on the cell phone? You stink that, right? Me too. Red cup. And then one day, little old BSO got a credential to go to the NFL draft. This was uh, several years ago. I don't remember how, how, it was a long time ago, back when the draft was just in New York. Several years ago, got a credential to go to the NFL draft. I was very, very excited. Very, very excited. I was in New York, all the pop and circumstance. I was very, very excited. And I get to the draft, and I get to my seat, right? And I get to my seat. And then the draft starts, and I see Chris Berman, and I see the NFL Network, and I see all of these, you know, the people that are doing all the draft stuff. And then Roger Goodell comes out, and he says, with the first pick, 
with the NFL draft, blah, 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 right? And then you know what I noticed? Because I had my tweets up that nobody was talking about it. <laughs> I said, man, Roger Goodell just came up and gave the pick. Why is anybody talking about it on social media? What are they waiting on? It's time for a discussion. I said, that's odd. What? I don't know what's going on. And then that's when I realized that when Roger Goodell gives the pick, it hasn't gotten to your television yet. Once again, mine is blown. So Roger Goodell is doing picks. Second pick, third pick, fourth pick. Here's a trade. And all of this stuff is being done beforehand. Before it hits your television. Before you even know. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what's going on. They let us know who's getting picked before Roger Goodell even gets up there. Mind blown. So then I start looking at social media. And then I would see some of these reporters that were sitting right next to me. And you know what they would tweet? Sources say the Broncos are going to draft such and such. Sources say? What sources? We literally just heard them talk about it. We literally just heard Roger Goodell say, hey, this is who the Broncos is taking. And I see them say, sources, there could be a trade going down between blah, blah, this team and this team. I said, what sources? Roger could just say there's a trade and the new team is on the clock. What sources are we referring to? Mine was blown. I said, oh, I get it. I get it now. This is how you're tipping the picks. You don't know any information. You're sitting there right next to me with a Coke and a ham sandwich and, and a bunch of chips and a cookie because that's what they give us. You sitting there minding your own business like this. Insider information. I'm hearing this is what the trade details will be. Even though they just put the trade details right up on the big screen. Mind blown. Then I went to the NBA draft. I said, well, maybe it's an NFL thing. It's even worse in the NBA. The NBA will be like five picks ahead of you. The NBA would be like five picks. Like, we'd know picks 10 to 15 before you know pick nine. That's why, that's why sometimes you will see they're like in the studio and they're talking about stuff, the trade or whatever, and they don't know what's going on and it's already out there because we already know. And so that's how they tip the picks. So I thought it was funny. Because this all came about because ESPN said, we've told our reporters not to tip the picks. We want to keep that information tight. But they made it seem like they were stopping their reporters from giving you some sort of insider information. Not true. It's a red company. They just don't the information because they're there. There's no difference between me and, and anybody else. Mind blown. So, no, so next time that you see, and it probably won't be this year, like someone said, because it's virtual picks. But next time they have a draft and you see your reporter said, hey, I'm hearing such and such is going to draft such and such, and it actually happens, just know they just saw it happen about five minutes before you did. 
just to let you know. That's the truth. They don't want you to know that, but that's the truth of the matter. Very interesting stuff, right? Now this year they probably can't tip picks, so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of sneaky by ESPN to say, well, the reason that they're not tipping picks is because we told them not to tip picks. No, the reason that they can't tip picks is because no one's there live, so it's a virtual draft, and nobody knows what's happening until you know it actually gets drafted. I'm exposing them because I hate fake people, right? Like I just I just hate people that just just fake it. Like it's okay to say I'm telling you the picks because I seen them five minutes before. You don't have to act like your 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 Howard Cosell, your 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 deep throat, and you you're doing something that's not you know you're doing something special to hype yourself up. That's fake. It's okay. It's it's not a big deal. So why do you you don't have to put sources? You, I inside it's no insider information. There are no sources. None of that is that's all fake. Okay. That that's why, like, I don't care. Like, I just say if you want to tip the pitch, by all means. People on social media want to know. I just say don't be fake. It, it's a misrepresentation of your job. It's the same way that some reporters will take press releases, right? And try to make it seem like they broke the news. Like that, that or they'll take press releases and they'll write an article and make it seem like they the ones that got the quotes. ESPN is real good for that. You know what I'm saying? ESPN is real good for that. Well, I mean, there it's one thing to say you're the source, is to say source is. Who the source is? There are no sources. The ESPN is real good for that, taking a, a, a press release. And writing up an article, and then you say, oh, man, ESPN got these great quotes. And it was just a generic press release. You could probably read about 10 articles on ESPN.com right now, and they got some really good quotes, but they're just press releases. Actually, since a couple of people have brought it to light, they've been, they've been trying to do a little better in saying that this is a press release. <laughs> we didn't actually talk to these people. I figured that out one day. I was, I was a, it was a reporter, and I was like, "Man, he's getting some really good quotes almost every day." And then I realized that hey, it's just a press release. It's just a press release, you know. Now the the part that that is part of the business that you can't do anything about is pool reporting. Now, for those that don't know what pool reporting is, you've seen when like it's a locker room, it's a scrum, right? In a scrum in a locker room. You know, everybody's asking questions. You know, everybody's asking questions. Now, they're, they're, the etiquette behind that varies from reporter to reporter. But nine times out of ten, for instance, let's say you were in a you were in a pool, you were in the locker room with uh, Chris Paul or whatever, right? You're in the locker room with 20 reporters talking to Chris Paul. And you said something to Chris Paul that pissed Chris Paul off. And he he went off on he say he went off on uh James Harden or something like that. I don't know. But you your question made Chris Paul go off on James Harden. What you would see the next day is you would see 30 articles about Chris Paul going off on James Harden, but none of them would credit you because it's part of the pool report. Basically everybody's in the pool, so you can pull the quotes for whatever. Now some people are cool about it. Some people say, hey, that was a good question by X reporter. He asked Chris Paul this and got that, you know, reaction. Others don't care. Normally, the bigger the outlet, the less that they care. Red card. 
But these are the little things that you have to understand when you're there. So sometimes you be you you'll read something on SI or you read something on ESPN or Yahoo or whatever. You're like, man, that's a great job that they did getting Chris Paul to answer that question. But for all you know, it was some, you know, the Oklahoma City blogger that asked the question that won't get any credit at all. It's not right, but that's just the way it works. That's the way it works. What was the other thing I was going to point out? Um, well, I did the, oh, uh, trade stuff. So the Odell Beckham, right thing, right? So you got a guy from, from New York radio that says the Vikings are trying to trade for Odell Beckham. Then you have, uh, Adam Schefter and some other people saying never happened. They're not talking at all. Right. It's one of those, uh, big bank, take little banks type of situations. And when I say that, I'm not saying who's right or who wrong, but it's big bank, take little bank and it's big media bank, take little media bank. So the bigger the media personality is, his word is normally taken over the smaller person's word. Now, that does not mean that the smaller person doesn't have a legitimate source or is telling the truth. Because a lot of times, big bank media is in the pocket of certain leagues and teams and general managers and stuff. And they put out certain information, uh, misinformation for you. So you really don't know who's telling the truth. It's quite possible that the Vikings and the Browns have been on a FaceTime call talking about Odell Beckham, but they're not going to say that publicly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're not just going to come out and say, when was the last time that you really hear a team say, you know something, we're trying to trade this guy. Like, it gets to that point sometimes, but that's normally when the player is pushing for the trade. If a team is trying to smoothly trade someone, you don't really hear much about it. They're not just going to come out and tell Adam Schefter, hey, we're going to trade this guy. Now, the thing that kind of gets me Right, which is not really fair. And once again, I'm not saying who's telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. If Adam Schefter says, I'm hearing whispers about Odell Beckham being traded, it's going to be taken at face value, right? But if this other guy says, I'm hearing whispers, and, and the other guy says, well, Adam Schefter is wrong, nobody's really going to say anything against Adam Schefter. But when the situations are reversed, they say something bad about the other guy which I don't think is necessarily fair because they're all rumors and everybody has quote-unquote sources. Red Hawk. Maybe a source is lied to him. Maybe he told him the truth. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe there's not going on. I don't think you should just blanket tell somebody that their report is wrong if they don't have any type of like history of being a liar. You know what I'm saying? That was the thing about me when I, I told the world that that uh that Jerry Jones had threatened the players uh who who if they kneeled for the national anthem. I have no history of just lying and making up stuff. So you can't just tell me no. Like you can't just say it didn't happen. How do you know? You don't know who I'm talking to. You don't know who's giving me the information. That's that's uncalled for, right? So I get it. You want to do your counter reporting. If if you get an information and say that it's not happening, I still think you should leave a little wiggle room so you don't just shit on the other person's report, right? You just don't shit on the other report. Like, you got to have some, like, I don't know. If you, like, every, so let's say the other reporters talk to the Vikings. And the Vikings say, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Hit up the Browns guy. I don't know what you're talking He, right, he can't. <laughs> right, Jerry Jones, nobody still has apologized to me for that, but whatever. But that's the thing. If here's the thing, if Odell Beckham gets traded in the next three days, right? Do you think Adam Schefter or anybody else is going to apologize to that other person? 
all of those people that remember what Stefan Diggs, they say hey, they trying to trade Stefan Diggs. There was a bunch of reports saying that the Bills told us, or not the Bills, the Vikings told us unequivocally they're not trying to trade Stefan Diggs. And and they shitted on all of the reports, right? And then Stefan Diggs got traded. Nobody apologized to the people that they shitted on, right? Red Cup. It's a dirty game, right? It's like the music industry. The media is a dirty game. It's a really, really dirty game. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a really dirty game. It's not it's not a friendly um industry. You know, people and it, it's getting worse because there's more people involved. And people are kind of stealing and cheating and, and doing all types. It's just not it's not a it's not a happy industry. You know, you would think people that cover sports for a living would be happier individuals, but they're not. They're not. If you look at like boxing media, you know, they're always complaining and always fighting with each other all the time. You know, Big Dan uh, didn't get his contract renewed at ESPN, Dan Rayfield. And the stuff I saw on social media about that was, that was, that was out of control. Red Cup. You know, they, they, I mean, everybody hates everybody. It, it's just, a, it's a, yeah, it's true. It's true. Everybody, everybody hates everybody in sports media. From the top down, you like I said, you would think we're covering sports, so it's not like um, you know, it's not like we're doctors or anything. They didn't quote unquote. They didn't fire him. They didn't. They declined to uh, give him a new contract. So I mean, that's semantics. I guess you can call it a firing or whatever. The NBA media has they have their issues as well. NBA's a little bit better, but not much. Not much. Not it's 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 it, the players, the media, the social media, the burner accounts. It's all bad. It's really it's really all bad. Like you you, it, I think you know it's just, it's just a it's a lot of competition, but it's not good. It's not a good atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, ES, here's the thing about ESPN, uh, financially-wise, is they're like um, the Washington Red. Remember the Washington Redskins back when they used to um, get all those high-priced free agents? Like, they would overpay for, like, Albert Haynesworth. And remember, they got Dion and all of that stuff. Dion Sanders, they used to pay. That's how ESPN has become a uh, top-heavy entity meaning they pay a lot for people that don't do much like they pay 6.5 million dollars a year and once again let me say something get all the money that you can i don't care if you're getting overpaid get all the money that's not that it's not mike greenberg's problem that they want to pay him 6.5 million dollars a year you know what i'm saying it's not it's not his that's not his issue that that affects the but what they what happens is they cut off the the it's like it's a high end and it's a low end. There's no middle anymore. There's no middle class of media. Either you're making like seven figures or you're making like seventy five thousand dollars. And I think the problem with the the problem with like someone like uh, Dan Rayfield is this. As nothing to, uh, about Dan's skill as a boxing writer. He was for t- you know fifteen years probably the premier number one boxing writer in our sport. But he was probably making from what we've heard, uh, you know mid to high six figures, 
right? And that's not counting all the travel expenses and stuff like that for boxing, right? So if you're ESPN, you're like, okay, Big Dan is making, you know, six figures, high six figures, mid six figures, right? He doesn't do TV, doesn't have a podcast. All he does is write. And a lot of the stuff, you know, that they do is like, man, we can get somebody and pay them $50,000, pay them $75,000 a year to basically do the same thing that Dan does. And, you know, we can save three, four, $500,000. But it's kind of messed up because you're not going to get the same quality. But the reason they can't pay Dan half million dollars a year is because they pay Stephen A. $8 million a year. You know what I'm saying? You, you get what I'm saying? Like, they're like, why are we paying this guy to just write stories and we can just have Stephen A talk about boxing even though he doesn't know what he's talking about because we're paying him EA million dollars. Yeah, they only have a one hockey analyst. Do they still got Barry Melrose? Like, I don't know who they got. I mean, like, they they just are top-heavy on the embrace the debate, you know, type of stuff. <laughs> you know, so when you're top-heavy, you can't you can't pay $500,000 a year for a, uh, for a boxing writer. Now, Dan did a lot of the boxing. You know what I'm saying? He did the the he did he did the paint the uh he went to all the fights. He knows more about boxing than anybody at ESPN. He did the rankings. He did a lot of stuff, you know, but you know, he wasn't a TV personality, and that's where they're kind of going to. So it's the same thing with like why they put why would why else would they put Stephen A. Smith on UFC? You know what I'm saying? You can't listen to anything Clay Travis talks about. But I will say this about Clay Travis. Clay Travis has learned that, like a lot of other white people, is that if you go so hard like on the whole, like, hey, racism doesn't exist. I'm going to hate everybody. I'm going to hate mainstream media. Basically, he's like a lower level Trump. You know what I'm saying? So, but there's money in that. It's money in being a lower level Trump. Obviously. Now, is it long term money? I don't know because at some point, the thing's going to shift and then it's going to be like, Trump's not going to be in office forever. He may be for another four years, but maybe not forever. Well, see, here's the thing about Stephen A. He, at least you know he works for his money. The man is, like, I, I'll be honest with you. I would prefer to get paid $6 million like Skip and just have to do one job and then I can go home. Skip got like a house out in Malibu or something. So Skip comes in, does the stuff with Shannon, for, you know, gets up at like, you know, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., gets in the studio, does his stuff with Shannon at like noon, and then he got the rest of the day to spend his $6 million. That ideally is what I would like to do. <laughs> ideally, that's what I would like to do. Come in, say my piece for a couple of hours, and have the $6 million to go and hang out. I'm not even lying to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't lie to you guys, right? I'm tell I, I tell you guys right now, there, there may be a day right? There may be a day where someone offers me something and then you're not just going to see me a lot, okay? You're just not. I'll be around, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think anybody's going to give me any money and then like say, hey, you can disappear because I'm part, I'm the brand. So I got to be around, but if I got that, you know, if I got X amount of dollars in the bank, Right, if I got X amount of dollars in the bank. Yeah, you you not yeah you're not gonna be seeing thirty stories from me in that. You not you not you not. I'm just saying there's gonna be a lot of sleeping in at ten o'clock. There's gonna be a lot of more uh, a PlayStation. 
you know, hanging with the family, doing family things. I'll be doing, I'll be picnics. I'll be riding bikes. I don't even know how to ride a bike, but I might, I might learn how to ride a bike. <laughs> so I'm telling you up front. So I'm telling you up front. So when it happens, you can't say Rob sold out. Well, no, Rob just got his check and he's gone. Rob worked for 15 years, nonstop, helping out the people. Rob's out of here. That's a long time. I'm just letting you know in advance so you know. So when people say, Rob did this, Rob did that, they say, no, Rob told us on the live stream, like every other, every third live stream, Rob told us he's out. <laughs> they be like, what happened to BSO? Like he's out. Then I'd be like, uh, it remind, there was a guy a uh, long time ago. He, uh, he, I think the guy that started like dead spin, he took his money. And then he'd just show up every once in a while, like on a TV show. And then you wouldn't see him another, for another two weeks. I'm there. I'll be like Thanos. I'll be like Thanos. You know, they're making corn and stuff like that. Go give me a house up in the mountains somewhere. Overlooking a good view. Be sipping tea and stuff. Yeah. I'll be out of here. Because here's the thing about... Money, money does not, uh, you know, money helps obviously in life, right? But it doesn't make you happy, right? I'm very happy right now. I have a very happy life. You know, I've, I've, I've met my wife who's amazing. Uh, things are going well, uh, just in general, you know, yeah, everybody got the Rona, but in general, at this part of my life, I'm very happy. So now if you're already happy and then somebody gives you a check, then you can be Thanos. The work is done. The work is done. Now nah, it may not happen. You know, sometimes you still got to do what you got to do. I mean, I say that I might get bored in six months and then I come back like Jordan, wearing the four or five. You never know. But I do have, you know, plans. I do have plans. Hey, you go go to the mountains. Be out there. I'll be like Brock Lesnar. I'm just preparing. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just preparing. That's why I always say like. People say, well, Skip and, 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 and Stephen A. and Greenberg, like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. If somebody's willing to give you $8 million a year, $6 million a year, $2 million a year, $600,000, a million, whatever it is, take it. There, there's no reason not to take it. <laughs> I mean, take your cash. If you work for it, take it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, I mean, if 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 people are like, oh, man, I can't believe Skip is getting paid that much money. They, they offered it to him. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? They not here's the thing. They they, they with Stephen A. They, I think Stephen A. likes to do that all that stuff. Like that's how he lives. Like some people thrives off that. He's like, I want to do as much stuff as possible. Skip is like, I don't want to do much. I want to. What is it, Ernestine? He's like, I want to come into the office, work to noon. And go hang out with Ernestine and go buy Jordans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's like being a backup quarterback in the NFL. It's like, hey, we're going to give you $7 million just to sit here. Okay. I come to the meetings on time. If I was a backup quarterback, I would never miss a practice. <laughs> I don't think I don't think ESPN was 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 willing to go that high at that time for for Skip. I mean, even they gave Kyle Herd like three four million. All Kyle Herd does he does his radio show. 
He used to do TV like, ah, it's too much. Cowherd comes in, makes two, three million dollars a year, does his radio show for three hours, which he seems to enjoy, and he goes about his business. And they all live out here in L.A., so that's excuse the, the Rona for a second. But if you live out in L.A., and you can make three, four million dollars a year, and you only got to work four or five hours a day, you be living a good life. <laughs> the weather's very nice out here, red cup. I thought the, the TV is just the, the, but it's just the simulcast of the radio show. Well, so, I mean, he used to do the stuff with Whitlock. Yeah, I think Whitlock's getting seven figures, maybe low seven figures, maybe a little over a million. Enough for him to get his uh, escorts and stuff. You know, he will, you know, comes in, makes a million dollars. You know, go get his, got his little, probably got a nice place where the escorts can come over. Or maybe, you know, enough to get the nice hotel. For the escorts to pay and, and his Uber Eats. So he's good. Yeah, yeah, he got enough money to pay for like fake hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Probably make I, I don't think I don't think Nick Wright is making um a million. But Nick Wright's probably making a good six figures. Two fifty, three hundred. Enough to, you know, have a good life with his with his uh with his little uh he got a, his little chocolate wife and everything, yeah. A good job. And then here's the thing when Nick Wright uh, renegotiates his contract, maybe he can get a million. Here's the thing about media you don't have to be liked, right, <laughs> to, to make money. It's really more about what type of attention you drive. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about being liked or disliked, it's about how much uh, uh, attention you drive, right? And Nick Wright drives a lot of attention. So, that gives him a little, you know, a little more, a little more negotiating power. I mean, sure, Chris, I mean, Chris Carter get back on TV. I mean, um, I mean, uh, uh, what's it? Don McNabb had like nine DUIs and all type of stuff, and he got back on TV. Will Kane, Clay Travis. It doesn't matter if you if you can generate attention. Doesn't matter if it's negative, positive, or otherwise. You'll be able to negotiate. So Nick Wright has, you know, um, Chris Carter was supposed to be the star of that show. Um, but Nick Wright's not a star of the show. Now I would never, I would never, if, if, if I would never talk like Whitlock. There's no money in the world that would make me do that. If I if I wanted to talk like Whitlock, I would already have the money. I'd have, I'd have been had the money. I'd have had the money a long time. If you if you're anti-black with a huge black platform, out of hell, they probably would have had me. If Diamond and if Diamond and Silk can get to the White House, then I'm pretty sure as Black Sports Online, if I was like, I love Trump, first off, I probably had like a million followers. I'd probably been invited to the White House. I'd had all type of good stuff. If I was walk, if I had a if I had a uh uh, uh, make America gray hat, and, and 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 when Trump was getting in, I was like, I went all in, like Diamond and Silk or Candace Owens. I would have triple the amount of of social media followers, triple the amount of attention, 
If I wrote articles all the time about how Trump was helping black people, I'd have triple, quadruple the traffic. Well, you have more traffic, you had more money. I'd be put on Fox News, CNN. I'd be on all that stuff. But it's that's not worth it. It's not worth It's not worth selling your soul for. That's not worth selling. I mean, for some people, it is. You know, for someone like Whitlock, you know, it was worth it financially. You know, for, for you know, I'm not saying Marcellus is all the way like Whitlock, but he definitely doesn't, um, he doesn't really fight back against Whitlock, but they also offered Marcellus double, triple amount of pay that ESPN was offering. Yeah, I used to do TYT Sports uh, back in the day. As far as TMZ full-time, um, the Rona kind of put a little hitch in that. I mean, there was going to be some discussions on some other things. But with the Rona, you know, everything's kind of put on hold. But I will say this about TMZ. In a time where a lot of people are getting laid off, uh, a lot of people are being told, you know, don't come back to work. Uh, and considering the fact that I am not under any type of like, I'm not locked in into any type of long-term like contract with them. Like they they don't have any exclusivity over me and I can pretty much do whatever I want to do. So what they, what I'm saying all I have to say is that they don't have to pay me <laughs> at, at this moment. They didn't have to pay me. They didn't have to uh, set me up remotely to do the show. They could have saved all of that money. Uh, but to their credit, they've paid me every week uh, for the run, <laughs> every single week, and got me got it set up to where I could do the show uh, from my house. Now, that's something that they didn't have to do. They could have easily just saved that money, um, but they pay me every week. So I have to give them credit uh, for that. And I, I wouldn't even blame them if they was like, look, this is, you know, the run is happening. We don't got the cash. Blah blah blah. You know we'll hit you back when you know everything is is good. They they could have went that route, but they chose not to. Red card. So in that regard, yeah, that's that's how media works. You know, you know, cat. You gotta your leverage is what's more important than anything else. You know, like right now, I would say my ad partners viewed me as more valuable than they did five, six months ago. The reason why is a lot of my ad partners partnered up with sites that are sports-specific, right? If you're a sports-specific site in a time where there's no sports, then obviously you're going to take a dip. So while the majority of sites are seeing a 30, anywhere between 25 to 30% decrease in traffic, I've actually seen an increase of 10%, 10, 15% in traffic for my end. So I'm a, I'm above. So I'm helping them fulfill their quotas or whatever it may be. Uh, I don't I mean, Chris Carter was an NFL player, so I'm assuming that he had money. So it's not like Chris Carter, quote unquote, needed the job. You know what I mean? It's Chris Carter. It's a little different than, uh, than a reporter that may needs a job and can't get another job, you know, going off. So I think that's also why Chris felt he could speak the way that he got to speak. You know what I'm saying? He he spoke. We've talked about this before. Look, it's politics in media too, you know. So you got to understand you're, dealing, you're still dealing with Fox. 
You see what I'm saying? You're still dealing with Fox. So sometimes the way that you may talk to, you can't talk to certain executives the way that you would talk to someone in the locker room. You understand what I mean? <laughs> and he, talk, he talked to some people the way that he shouldn't have talked to some people, and that's what's the end of that. So if you want to, I mean, people say their soul all the time. I mean, it's not it's not even just black and white thing. It's like it's not that they're just selling their soul, you know, the be you know for the race stuff. It's like they sell they soul, um, they sell they soul for leagues, for teams, for networks, and stuff like that. Uh, I I do have I, I I look I wasn't there, so I can't say you know I know exactly what he says. I've talked to people who were there that have no reason, you know, to lie. So, yeah, I know more or less what he said. And, you know, honestly, it's, it's definitely fire, uh, a fireball offense. You know, Dan, like I said, boxing media is, is weird, okay? <laughs> That's really the only way that I can explain it. Uh, box, boxing media is weird. And I've always, you know, I, you know, obviously boxing is a big love of mine. I do a lot of boxing events, but obviously we're a, a well-rounded site, so I do a lot of other stuff, and so I can kind of see the difference between boxing media and other medias, and it's it's a totally different world. That and, and just fight media, UFC media, it's a totally different world. I mean, that, people have strong opinions uh, on Dan on both sides. You know, like Dan has never, never, you know, I've never had an issue. Uh, with them. Um, there's been times when we sat right next to each other during a fight and scored it together. Uh, like, I wouldn't say we we're friends. I wouldn't say even if he just saw me on the street, he would instantly recognize me. He may be like, hey, that's the guy that's be at the fight sometimes. Uh, you know, like, not boys or anything, but, you know, he had good, he had, he had good stuff. And I would say this about Dan, and this happens with a lot of boxing people. Depending on the day, and what story he did, he was either like a homer for top rank or he was a homer for Golden Boy. He was a homer for PBC, which is actually a good thing. Because if they think you, if you're a hater for one, one day you're a hater and one day you're a homer, that means more or less that you're being, you know, fair. You're being unbiased. But yeah, a lot of people don't, you know, they don't like, they don't, they didn't like Dan. But a lot of people do like Dan. And a lot of people don't like Steve Kim. Other people do like Steve Kim. Then you got the whole YouTubers, the LDBC, and then you got Maddox, and you got Coppinger, and people don't like them. And I mean, it's just it's just a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Sometimes it it it, it manifests because boxing is really the one sport where, honestly, beyond the top guys, all of the media is generated from the YouTubers, from the bloggers, from the the independent sites. They are what kept boxing alive and helped brought boxing back up. And then a lot of times they get kind of ran over with the um, with the mainstream media. Yeah, Howard Finkel, uh, RIP. R- I mean, that's, I mean, Vince McMahon is having a rough week. XFL is gone. He, he had to, you know, he, uh, they had to think about Jimmy Snooker killing his girlfriend and getting away with it. And maybe Vince gave somebody some cash. Uh, yeah, rough week. Stuff going bankrupt and all that. Yeah, it was a rough week for him. Uh, so lastly, um, Kevin Durant. Yeah, I want to talk about Kevin Durant because this book has come out from Ethan Strauss. 
who's covered covered the Warriors during you know that time there, and it doesn't paint Kevin Durant in the best of lights. Seems to be jealous. Of, when you're jealous of most spates, that's eh, a problem. He's jealous. I don't. I'm not exactly sure. Um, what Kevin Durant expected when he he signed with with the with the Warriors. Someone said it's a little bit like when LeBron signed with the Heat. Like, yeah, they respect what LeBron does, but it was always going to be a Wade team, Wade City, Wade County. So I'm not exactly sure what Kevin Durant thought was going to happen. Like, I and it is. And it's it's weird to me because he seems more upset at the media and the fans were but the the actual players on the team, you know, Steph, Clay, even Draymond, even though he yelled at him and stuff like that, treated him very well. Steve Kerr, all of that. They seem to treat him they seem to treat him like family. But he was it was just odd. Like it, it's a very, very I mean, I don't know, like He's one of those guys. I can see why Russell Westbrook was like, you know something, I don't mind if he leaves. <laughs> like, Russell Westbrook is the type of guy that, like, no matter what, he's going to, he don't care. He's going to be who he's going to be. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be who he's going to be. And and I told you guys before, that that's how you got to go through life. You just got to be who you're going to be. But I don't understand how any rational person can say, okay, and once again, I had no problem with Kevin Durant going to Golden State. Uh, it's always better to have rings than not have rings. But, but even if I was in Kevin Durant's shoes and I and I wanted to go to Golden State, how in the world could I think to myself, "Listen, I want to go to a team that just won seventy three games and beat me and in, in the finals, well, beat me in the, the Western Conference Finals after I was up three one. I want to go to that team. Team had Steph Curry on that." One of, if not the most beloved players in the NBA, they got Clay Thompson. I've, I, I honestly never heard anybody ever say a bad word about Clay Thompson ever, right? You know, they got Clay Thompson. They got you know Draymond Green. I mean, nobody really likes Draymond, but he's still Draymond Green. So I don't understand how you could say that, knowing the way that fans are and media are, right? How could you go into that situation and think? All of a sudden, that you are going to be more beloved than any of them. Like it, 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 it didn't make it. That, like, is he slow? Like, cause what, what comprehension of that would, in your mind, would say, "I'm going to go to a team with Steph and Clay, and I want to be more beloved than those guys in their own city." Like, it just doesn't work like that, <laughs> you know. If you wanted to be beloved, just stay in Oklahoma City. Even though it was, even though it was Russ and KD, it was KD, KD was there first. It was KD City. If you want to be beloved, go to a team that doesn't have any superstars. You and, and go to a team that was trash and raise them up. You know, I, like it, the comprehension is what I'm not getting. And yeah, Ethan, you know, is putting out some, 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 maybe some stuff that shouldn't be put out there, but it's out there now. Like, you mad at most, most, most spades? Most spades? More buckets? 
you hate no more buckets because they gave him a good, you know, ovation. I mean, that's just odd. Like the the sensitivity is 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 very strange for someone, more or less, for a good part of his career is considered the, the second best player in the NBA. Even Steph Curry fans, I think, recognize how you know how good of a player he is. Well, you know, even if look, there's going to be fans. The thing about fans, and the thing, the thing about people, is when people have something set in their mind, nothing is going to change their opinion. So you might as well stop trying. Kevin Durant could have won 19 rings with the Warriors. There were still people that was going to call him riding coattails or cupcake. He could have won like five finals MVPs, and there's people that are going to say certain things about you, right? Just like, look, LeBron, I think most people would say, he got he's, if he's not your top two, he's in your top five, there's still people that's going to say LeBron's three and six in the finals. LeBron is not clutch. LeBron doesn't make his team. You know, it's always going to be somebody. You know, when Kobe was alive, before you know, after he retired, I think he was more beloved. Kobe can't win without Shaq. Kobe shoots too much. Kobe's a coach killer. Kobe doesn't pass. You know, it's all. It, it doesn't matter. You know, you know, uh, James Harden. He, he he's a chucker. Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Westbrook. It's always going to be somebody saying something, right? It, it's so it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I I it, I just think he's a mama's boy, honestly. That's just my personal opinion. And he, you know, sometimes certain things you, you if you if you've been coddled in, in all your life, you just I don't want to call him soft. I'm just saying I don't think he's comfortable in his own skin. Like you have to get to like I think at, some people are some people are extremely confident from jump, right? Right. Some people are extremely confident from jump. Like they just have that type of personality, right? Other people, it takes sometimes a while to get comfortable in your own skin, to be happy with who you are, right? And it never, it doesn't matter how famous you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Like, like take someone like the comedian Robin Williams, right? Oscars, Famous, funny, big time movies, lot you know, all of this stuff, right? Never was comfortable in his own skin. That's why when you see people that like commit suicide and they're famous, you're like, how? How can they do that? You you can have all this and not be comfortable in your own skin. Until you're comfortable in your own skin, I don't think you can really live life the way that you want to. Because you're always either trying to please someone or you're insecure about stuff. Like you, you have. There has to become a time in your life where you're like, "This is me. Hate it or love it. This is who I am." I think there was a time early in LeBron's career where LeBron, you know, couldn't understand why he was getting all of this, you know, criticism from, and was trying to placate all of these different people. But then there came a point where he says, "You know something? I'm LeBron. I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want to do." And whatever happens, and I think he was better off for it. He was a better player for it. You know, some you just have to get to that that point. I don't, I don't know if Kevin Durant's ever going to get to that to that point. And so he's searching. He's easily manipulated, right? You know, he got. 
I mean, the reason that he's with the Nets is not because Kevin Durant wants to be with the Nets, because Kyrie Irving wants to be with the Nets. Don't let that little um, that was a big that was a big change in LeBron when he called everybody broke. Like that's when he was starting to realize it. But don't that conversation that Kyrie had with him in the locker room or out in the hallway at the All Star game? That was this is all Kyrie Irving saying this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna do it, right? Even though there's no nothing on God's green earth that would say KD and Kyrie is better than KD, KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond. Ooh, lost the live stream. Lost the live stream. But we are back. Back about KD. About what about him here? About KD. Oops. KD. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I right, just we just lost the we lost the live stream. We lost the live stream for a second. I don't know what happened. I didn't get a call or anything. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get. A, I didn't get a call or nothing. I don't know what happened. We just lost the live stream. Uh, but we back. I thought we was talking about KD, like the burner accounts, right? Like a lot of celebrities have have burner accounts. A lot of athletes have burner accounts. It was Kyrie wanted to go to uh Kyrie wanted to go to to the Nets and that's why KD's there. Right? He wanted to go and that, that's why KD's there. Maybe maybe it was uh maybe it was uh maybe it was KD that, that cut the live stream. I don't know. Kyrie wanted to go to the Nets. That's why Kevin Durant's on the Nets. There's there's nothing not that the, I don't think the Nets could be a good team. But I don't know. I just, I don't see anything changing, right? Hey, babe, how you doing? How you feeling? Wife's in the in the chat. That's the Ohio State University. Remember when you bought me that shirt, babe? You remember when you bought me the shirt? So anyway, so back to the Nets. My wife's in here trolling. <laughs> she's there trolling uh yeah i mean it's the net the nets don't have a coach the the team is not you know it's a little weird like i don't think it's gonna be any better plus you're coming off an achilles that's that's a hard end in, uh in the first place right Kyrie is just not the guy that that you can say hey these are the two guys can't i don't know he should just stay he should just stay golden state or go to the knicks by itself or do something else. It just was not a it's not a smart move in my mind. But this is someone that, that actively says I have burner accounts to talk to random strangers who say bad things about me. Like to me, that's odd. That that's very very odd to me. 
He he's he's going in the DMs of seventeen year old kids who make videos about it. It's very strange. That's a that's that's a very very strange thing. Why would that's it? Why would anybody be jealous of Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson's the nicest guy of all time. I don't know. Achilles injuries are funny, like that. You know, they're funny. You you just don't know. You don't know. You can't look at the little hype videos that they put out and be like, oh, he's back because he's dunking and stuff. You don't know. And KD already has, like, his lower body is not really that strong. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he got those hockey stick legs. So is it going to be a, a, a repetitive type of thing? Look, I give him credit. He didn't have to. I wouldn't have played in the NBA Finals. You know, I don't know if he got kind of talked into that or whatever. But, I, you know. The fact of the matter is that the whole the way the whole thing went down just wasn't wasn't great. Maybe I should get some merch. They don't have a third guy on the Nets, and they don't have a coach. So you know, the whole thing is is is, and I don't. And Kyrie is injury prone himself. Kyrie can't stay healthy. When's the last time Kyrie was healthy? Kyrie hasn't been healthy for a long time. So Kyrie's not healthy. You got KD coming off an Achilles. I don't know, man. Well, they would have they swept the Raptors if he played. I mean, that was pretty obvious. That was pretty obvious. I mean, the Raptors, I mean, the Raptors took had a hard time winning in six, and half of Golden State team was hurt. So they would have swept them. Maybe 4-1. Maybe they get a game. Yeah, I think they probably would be healthy. But I don't think the Nets want to risk it. I don't think, you know, they whatever they're going to try to do with the NBA, I don't think they want to risk it. Well, I mean, Kyrie's out there. You know, he's he's I don't think Kyrie's a is a is a a bad person or anything. I just think that Kyrie has you know, he's just one of those guys. He's one of those flaky guys. He you know Kyrie Kyrie remind well he he's he, Kyrie's the type of he just doesn't like the media. He doesn't like people. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's not a bad person. He just he just some people just don't like to be he will be like Thanos in going to the garden. If he could play with no media, he would be out. No, I think sports are coming back. I just think the sports that are gonna come back is not gonna be with any fans for a while. Yeah, I think I think that's what's gonna happen. I think you're gonna get UFC, you're gonna get boxing, uh, you're gonna you, you. I think the NFL is the key, right? If the NFL comes back with actual fans and things like that, then everything else has a trickle down effect. But if the NFL can't start like regular, or they start with no fans, then you're probably not getting fans again until at least 2021. So the NFL is your key date, whatever that starts, September 9th or whatever. Or se- yeah, September. I've seen some of the, the MJ doc, the, the bull. It's long, so yeah, get you some coffee. It's like 10 parts. This is like 10 hours of the stuff. Long, 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 long. I thought OJ was long. This is long, long. 
No, I've actually been uh, stocking. Anytime Amazon has like toilet paper, like it pops up, fat kid deals, I just get some just to be on the safe side. Just be on the side. What I can't get is the, uh, the Clorox wipes. No, nah, they, they didn't announce that no sporting events. What they said was is is they can't see sporting events happening the way that um, the way that it's with no fans. So I mean, and they're not saying that it will come back, but I don't. I don't think you're gonna get any fans for a while. And here's the problem with the NFL: if only if it doesn't, if it's just one state. It's like it's not happening. Then they got they can't they can't do it. Can't have fans in like Green Bay, but then don't have fans in in L.A. or New York. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't do it that way. So I think I think um, I what I think is I think you get sports. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I I I'm not uh, Trump. Well, it's Trump. I mean, he he. He wants, you know, anything that's going to make him money. He the the way Trump works is that he thinks if sports comes back, then everybody will forget all of the other stuff that he's doing wrong. That's just the way it works. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way it works. He's trying. He's a distraction type of person. Right. So the, the doctor said, you know, the best way to do it is is. Try. I don't know what the NBA is going to do. Um, I think, because here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, You know, if they do like a little tournament and I like, is that really a champion? Like, it's not, I mean, I guess it is, but I mean, I just, I, I just would feel weird. Like, they went like Sweet 16 or whatever. Like, if they're not doing four out of seven, you know, I can even do three out of five. They're not doing like the full series. Because, I mean, any team could beat a team on any given day. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if they did a tournament and let's say the Lakers played Memphis and it's, it's, one and, it's one and done. And, you know, Jay Morant just goes off for 50 and LeBron and AD have a – LeBron has an off day, AD twists his ankle or something and they lose. It's like, it's just weird. I don't think they could finish the season. I think – they're gonna to try to do the playoffs. You know, so I think I think they're gonna to try to do the playoffs. I'm not exactly sure how, but I don't think they want to risk because because if you do the the thing, if you restart the season, that's all 30 teams now. That's even. But if you just restart, if you just do the playoffs, that's 16 teams. So you're cutting off half your risk, half of what you need, all of that. So I think they just gonna to have to take who's the eighth seed right now. I know it's gonna piss. If you're the ninth or tenth seed, but I just think that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I just think that's the way it's going to be. In, in my mind, but I don't think anything is going to happen before maybe June. I think we're we're stuck from April to May. I don't think I think you're going to see some sports. You're going to see golf or something or whatever, but I, I think you're not going to see anything from the NBA. Or anything like that until yeah I don't know what baseball is gonna do because they're supposed to be starting already yeah the, I have the Ohio State rate it's right here 
still got my championship ring from 2014, the Ezekiel Elliott one. Still got it right here. Big baller ring. Big baller ring. Yeah, we're stuck. Yeah, we're stuck to at least May. I had to wear that mask every time I go out. Looks like you set it off. Look like Minutes to Society. <laughs> I was there in 03 when they won uh, back then. I have met Urban Meyer. Why do I got an Elliot ring? It was a gift. It looked like O-Dog. O-Dog. It's weird going to the grocery store and everybody's, you know, got mad. Because he has a black man. When you wear a mask, you assume that, you know, you might get shot. <laughs> so it's a little, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when growing up, if you wore a mask in the, in, the, in the hood, you know, that meant something. You know, it meant you was in a gang or something like that. So it's a, it's a little strange, you know, because you, you're already on heightened alert. And like a black man walking around in a mask. And all of this stuff, it makes you uneasy. The police will still shoot you during the roll, but be careful. Ooh, red cup. All right. Got some books coming. You guys be careful if you got to put your mask on. I saw the, the New York uh, governor said that, that you got to do your mask in New York. Like, I don't want to be walking around like... Um, uh, belly, you know, like Nas and belly. Right, so it's weird. Like some 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 um places like I found out like you had to have your mask on I went through the drive through and they're like if you don't have your mask on you can't get you in the drive through. And then after that, any place that you want to go to, like the normally like the stuff that we go to here now just to get outside is like you go to the grocery store, Walgreens, get gas. This this your essential stuff, and you gotta have your mask on. You got a big sign that say, "If you don't have your mask on, you can't come in." But it's weird because you know, if you're not used to wearing a mask, it's kind of hard to talk. So I'm trying to have a conversation with someone, and you know, I got this mask on. They're like, "What, what do you want on your sandwich?" I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't exactly remember how the whole red cup thing came up." I just know the thing is you try to drink, you know, you should drink a lot of water. I don't think, I think our whole, you know, the whole country's going to be a little different. The whole country's going to be, the, it's going to take a while. It may be like 2022 before we get back to like normal, normal, or what we think is normal. It may be a while. So just kind of get used to this new reality. You know, it's like a movie, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, the mask is just, you know, it's just, I mean, I get it. I mean, you want to be safe and healthy and everything. It's just like, it's. I think it's weird that, you know, they make these mandates to get masks, but it's hard to get them. I had to go bandana route for a long, for a while. I was out here looking like Tupac in the Rough Riders because it's hard to, it's hard to get masks. I, I, it's weird that you're like, hey, we got a mandate. Everybody got to wear a mask. And then you try to get one. And it's like, there's no mask. Like them damn wipes. All right, you guys be safe. Uh, wear your mask and all of that stuff and your bandana. Be careful with everything, though. Be very careful while you're out there. 
don't, don't, because, you know, you still can't trust the cops. You still can't trust them. All right, I got some stories that I do, and then it's, uh, it's lunchtime. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, I don't even know what the days are anymore. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. We'll try to do Robe Talk Friday. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's just troubling times, right? It's just troubling. Yeah, we'll we, we try to do Robe Talk for Friday. Maybe I'll just take questions uh, tomorrow. Come on, man. Alabama. Come on now. Come on. Now. I'm not trying to get, you know, hanged or anything. Even though Ohio is really not that much better. All right, I'm out. For the best in sports and sports entertainment, check out BlackSportsOnline.com and you can catch me, Robert Littow, Monday through Friday on TMZ Sports on FS1. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube BSOTV. I'm out.